the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rushed out of the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Wednesday the 22nd. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished modeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good, Good morning. morning. What's going on? Oh, and it's a Wednesday. It's been great so far. Had the uh, had you guys let's had you guys last night, and then had like a bunch of multicasts with some other college games going on. the uh, The hot streak of Parker's pick sadly died last mm. night. It was uh, had to end was, at some point. Don't know yeah. what you got till it's gone. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough road. Well, the worst thing was Xavier was up by six at the half against Villanova, and then they ended up giving up a big run and lost that one by one. Creighton was up on Marquette like almost fifteen points at one point, and then. Creighton lost by 10 points in the second half to lose that game by two. Toledo absolutely smacked Akron, though. I'm telling you right now, watch out for Toledo in the NCAA tournament. They could be a team that can knock somebody off. They looked really good. The A&M and Tennessee game didn't disappoint. A&M ended up winning that one, though. But it was a lot of fun basketball last night, and, and that seems to be the theme all this week. A lot of fun basketball going on. Well, we'll get to all that here a little bit later on the show, but we had uh, a lot of action locally last night with girls' sectional playoff basketball. We had Jefferson and Musselman on the air. Jefferson end up, ends up taking the win at home over Musselman. It was a lot closer than I thought people uh, would have expected it to be, but Jefferson ends up pulling through. And, man, if they get going, uh, Brekovich, if she gets going, they're tough to beat. Yeah, they really are, and, and you're right about that close scoreline because the way that game started, I mean, Jefferson just uh, exceeded all of our expectations. Well, six points, I think, at the or all, pretty much at the end of the first. Yeah, for tw- twenty-two to six at the end of the first yeah. quarter after that crazy start and all the shots. You know, uh, the game was won by Hendrick winning that tip back to Brezovic, who steps into a three five feet behind the line, <laughs> just out of nowhere, like Steph Curry, and that just completely set the tone. Credit to Musselman. And A.D. Elliott for getting them to rally back because they really struggled to break the pressure. Got a couple of threes, got the lead trend down to five. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. You know, they closed the deficit again there late again to kind of make it a little bit more cosmetic towards the end of garbage time. But that's the extent of what Jefferson can be. You know, they were the team that made it to the state tournament last year and lost in the first round of Wheeling Park along with Spring Mills. And now they advanced to take on a young Washington team. And a lot of people think that the veterans namely Brezovic, the way she's playing, because, you know, Coach Smith, they hear his comments in a bit, talks about how good of a player she can be when she wants to be. Um, a lot of people, myself included, kind of thought that they would again be the number two team coming out of this section, and they certainly proved it the way they played last night. And here are the highlights from last night. It was Hendrick in the center jump circle that controls the tip for Jefferson, and we are underway, firing a straightaway three. Brezovic, what a way to start the game. Ooh, don't hate that. Set the tone early. Now we'll see some full court pressure. 
by Jefferson, and we'll see how Musselman's able to break it as they get it ahead to Nevaeh Thompson. Splits the double team, turned it over. It's taken away by the Cougars in midcourt, and Dodson. Dodson gets it ahead quickly now to Taylor. She throws it ahead to Brezovic. She looks to drive the left baseline. Floater up and in. Stud, she's on fire already. Already has all it's accounted for. She's got the gym rocket. The senior doesn't want to have her season ended tonight. We thought Serenity Ritchie had a chance of the offensive rebound, but Brezovic is there. She'll bring it up the floor. Transition three, left side. It's in! Seven seconds left to play. Gets it down low to Hendrick. Power dribbles, goes to the rim, and finishes the shot. And that should be the final action here in the first quarter. Olivia Hendrick's second field goal makes it 22-6. to Puller across the timeline is cut off by Hoyler. Gets around her, goes to the rim, and banks a shot up and in. Puller went through two defenders on that play. Momentum slowly moving its way to the green side. And Puller will advance the ball for the Appleman. Down the right side of the floor, Puller gets through the double team. Coast to coast lays it in for two. And it goes to Taylor. Taylor trying to beat the defense down the floor. Goes to the left hand and finally breaks that 10-0 run of Musselman. Was just too high for Hendrick. It bounced underneath the basket. They were able to save it in bounds. Here's a missed three-pointer by Sampson. Offensive rebound by Taylor. Back to Brezovic for a deep three-pointer. No good. Taylor gets another offensive rebound in the paint. Turns. Goes to the right. Score the basket and one. It's a three on two. Brezovic will step into a leaning 15-footer. Got it. The Cougars get it in. And we'll continue dancing. 50 to 41, the final score. They get the job done in this sectional semifinal. And here is Victoria's head coach, Damon Smith, after the game. I want uh, to take him to Washington. I want that same energy, uh, same effort that we had tonight. I think the, the girls play. The girls played with a lot of heart, a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bench over here, they were, they was, uh, they had a lot of energy. And I want the same when we go up there. So you split with Washington yes. in the regular season. So um, when we, when I saw you last, you talked about you want to see the girls play a complete game. That was obviously on display tonight. Mac was huge. Um, how important is going to be to keep, like you said, that energy, but make sure that you play the entire game rather than just come back in the second half. I think now with the. Uh, but the playoffs being the way it is, uh, when we got another game here, mm-hmm. so that's that's the that's the motivation. We don't want to go to spring mess. Right. We don't know if it's going to happen, but we don't we don't want that. But so we want to we want to bring we want to have another home game. So that's the motivation. So that's what I'm a you know drill into them that we want to have another home game. Coach, you notice anything different with Mackenzie warming up today? I mean, she came out playing with an incredible oh, when confidence. We had our, not in the warm-ups, but when we had our team talk, I can tell. I, 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 she just had that look in her eye. And I've always told her that at any given night, she can be the best player on the floor. And I think she she definitely looked like it tonight. And, Coach, you guys had to navigate through a little bit of foul trouble tonight. Uh, in terms of the depth that we saw uh, is that a little bit unusual for you guys to go that deep into your bench that early, or was that about on par with uh, the whole season? Yeah, probably about on par because we we don't have we didn't have very many varsity players to begin with. So we got um, JVs that we brought up, and I got to get them ready. I mean, with our past, we've had a lot of injuries in the past. So I have I told them we got to get the, we got to get them ready. I got to put them out to the wolves. Send them out to the wolves. <laughs> Thank. So that's Coach Damon Smith in the uh, press conference after the game with local media that was in uh, attendance. But interesting things said there by Coach and the highlights you could hear. I mean, Mackenzie Brekovich, she was just on fire.
Yeah, 100%. I mean, again, she was hitting shots from everywhere, calling her own number with confidence. You could tell there was just something different there uh, at the end of the game. And it, it was interesting, you know, to start to kind of see the media uh, swarm this team and, and be interested in where they're going to be at the end of the year. You know, Bill Colley was there. Andrew Spellman, you heard on the, the, the presser as well, and myself. It was, uh, you know, they're starting to really figure out that there's something special with this Jefferson team, just like they caught on really early that Spring Mills is going to have a year. You know, it comes down to a young Washington team. And then, then that's what the complexion is going to be the rest of the year because uh, we do need to mention Martinsburg beat Hedgesville. Tough season for Hedgesville, but they went out fighting to the last second. And Martinsburg's now in a position where they've got a little bit of momentum. But, you know, I think a lot of people think the other team to make it out of this bracket is going to come from the winner of that Jefferson-Washington game. And is it going to be a young Washington team that's going to be successful for years to come? Or is it going to be a upperclassman-laden Jefferson team? You know, Taylor, when she gets going, is the fastest player player in the so conference fast. probably the fastest girl player is a female player in the state Brezovic is a lights out shooter Hendrick you know has, sometimes struggles with footwork but at the end of the day when you can throw up ball to a 6-4 girl who can keep it up high and turn around and finish that's an absolute weapon and they've got depth all around the court that they used in this game too so it's going to be exciting. We'll be doing that Jefferson-Washington game on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and I really think the winner of that game, I think it's as simple as that, the winner of that game is going to make it to Charleston because mm-hmm. they stay on the other side of the bracket for Spring Mills. Uh, and Coach kind of alluded to that there. He doesn't want anything to do with Spring Mills. You know, if you win this game, you don't have to play the Cardinals in theory if they beat Martinsburg, if things play out the way they expect to. So that's what's at stake in the next matchup, and uh, I'm excited we get to be a part of it. And the fun thing about this series is they've split this season. And the road team won both games. And the road team won both games. Washington had a two-point victory over Jefferson on their turf. Then you go Jefferson beats Washington on their turf by double digits. So an interesting dynamic for both these teams. It's going to be the experience versus the youth in this one. Which one's going to come at play? And I think you're right in saying whoever wins that will come away out of the section and probably get a state tournament berth to Charleston. Both these teams, I think you could confidently say this is two and three right now in the EPAC. And really, again, whoever wins this game has the inside track in getting into Charleston as that second team. So it's going to be an exciting matchup this Thursday. I'm excited for you guys to check that out. Well, before we get to this first break, run us through the rest of our uh, high school schedule for the week. Well, like I said, it'll be that sectional final uh, between Jefferson and Washington that we'll have. The Spring Mills-Martinsburg game, we'll be breaking that one down on Friday, but we won't be there. And then we've just locked in. Go ahead and make the announcement. Uh, our boys' sectional semifinal for next week is Tuesday. We're going to do Musselman against uh, uh, Washington. Yeah. Sorry, it slipped my mind there for a second. Washington, they're, they're kind of sneaky good here at mm-hmm. the end of the season, and Musselman's the hottest team in the panhandle. So we'll have that game. Uh, and then we have a plan of trying to get every other playoff game from then on out on the air on the web stream so you're not going to want to miss that uh, but for the next couple of days again it'll be Jefferson against Washington and girls hoops this Thursday and the sectional uh, final and then the sectional semifinal begins next week with boys hoops we'll have Musselman against Washington then of course we'll have you covered all the way into Charleston as well with uh, Metro news coverage all for those two weeks uh, I mean we're so used to that great two weeks of basketball down there in Charleston and we'll give it to you right here on WPM and WCST but we'll step aside we'll come back we'll start getting into some college stuff Uh, we had the usfl draft yesterday a lot of familiar names there had uh, shepherd lacrosse in action we have shepherd basketball tonight west virginia maryland playing baseball all kinds of stuff going on we'll get to that after the break on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network mix up your sports coverage with panhandle sports live heard on the panhandle news network
Welcome back to Paint Handle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Shepherd Athletics, they never stop. And, well, guys, a guy that is out of uh, Shepherd now, Joey Fisher, well, he is officially a professional football player, 18th overall pick in the USFL draft yesterday, pretty big deal. Happy for that, or happy for Joey. Happy for him and his family. That's uh, it's pretty. It was pretty cool to see that yesterday. Yeah, hundred percent. So he goes to the Houston Gamblers, like you said, the 18th pick in the draft. Also, a West Virginia connection for the New Orleans Breakers. They take Dante Stills, the Fairmont native, played at WVU with the 44th pick. What's interesting about Fisher? Um, I believe he was the seventh offensive lineman taken off the board. What's so interesting about that USFL draft is how much they prioritized offensive line because the first pick in the draft was a tackle. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that stands out to me is that he was announced as a guard. Uh, which is what we expected from the NFL if he were to go that route. At the USFL level or the XFL level where we thought he might have, or the CFL level, we wondered whether or not he may have stayed at right or left tackle, uh, but instead he gets announced as a guard. And what's interesting about these leagues is you look at the XFL, and I kind of noticed this from the first St. Louis game when they were playing San Antonio. You know, these teams don't have the luxury of these huge practice squads that the NFL mm-hmm. has because the NFL can pl- pay a practice squad player $75,000 or whatever. These teams have very little depth, and they only dress seven or eight offensive linemen. So Fisher, at some point this season, is going to be able to prove his versatility by way of injury, guys getting banged up, and I think that's what made him so valuable, besides the fact that he's an absolute animal of a defensive or offensive lineman. The fact that he can literally play all five spots in the offensive line is really valuable to a team that looks at him and knows that they could plug him anywhere in their lineup. Now it looks like he's trending towards right guard, but it's nice to see him get paid uh, it was interesting. I, I wondered once Fisher went that his management had talked to the league and if Ronnie Brown would go as right. well, and that ended up not happening. So I don't know what's going to – because the XFL's already started, no Ronnie. USFL does their draft, no Ronnie. I mean, hopefully that means that he's getting pretty significant NFL buzz and he's waiting out for that. I mean, Ronnie Brown is an XFL superstar in waiting. If it doesn't work out in the NFL, if it doesn't work out you know, anywhere else, I think he would be absolutely perfect in the XFL. Well, like the best yeah. running back in the league right now is Kalen Balazs. I mean, you yeah. can't. Well, he Brown can do really? it all. He could return, because now that you can actually, in the XFL, you can actually return kicks. I mean, yeah. He can do That's all of it. That's a fantastic point. That, he can do all of it. That new return thing yeah. is perfect for him. He can do no, it that'd, be, that'd be awesome. I, I'm hoping that's the case for Ronnie. He gets one of these opportunities, whether it's NFL, XFL, or USFL. But you did mention Joey being listed at guard, and I think that is the biggest takeaway if you look at it. And I'm pretty sure if, if he gets announced on draft day, it'll probably be announced as a guard the way it's looking. And that's what we projected all throughout the, the, the tail end of the season and into the off season was thinking he's going to slide into guard because he's a mauler. He's a better, I think, run blocker than a pass blocker. But again, if you look at the tape, he holds his own and does very well as a pass blocker too. But if you slide him in, I think he's got potential. And we've talked at length about it too, that Joey could have the longest professional career out of all the Rams that have entered into these, into the draft processes for professional leagues. Because I think you, you could really slide Joey into guard. He could be at least a seven to eight year starter somewhere. I really do. Just he's got the size, he's got the length. The only thing you would maybe ask is maybe the arm length, and that's why you're maybe throwing him into guard. And you do that, it's it looks good. It looks good. I think he's got a really good chance again. A lot of people are saying Joey's got a real shot to get drafted, real shot to get drafted. So I think someone's gonna take a flyer on Joey Fisher in the sixth or seventh round of the draft. Yeah, I why think not? I mean, you got nothing else to lose. I mean, at the sixth and seventh round, you're throwing you're throwing darts up on the board and seeing what sticks. At that point, you got all your big guys taken off the board. 
take a shot on a guy at a D2 school who absolutely dominated his competition for the most part, and you're going to slide him inside a guard. And again, you find a lot of your NFL starting linemen. You see guys who are top 10, top 5 picks. A lot of the starters in the NFL are second round, fourth round, fifth round guys that you find late into the draft. And Joey could be one of these guys. I really do think so. He's got that Mahler mentality. And I think, some again, if he doesn't get drafted, he'll go into an NFL camp 100%. I, he, he will not get out of the post-college process without being in an NFL training camp this summer. I really do believe so. Well, shout out to Joey Fisher. That was nice to see pop up on the timeline yesterday because, honestly, I forgot the USF, USFL draft was even happening yesterday. Yeah. So it was nice to see that the, 18th, popped out of nowhere. Yeah, the 18th overall pick uh, as a local guy and Joey Fisher nonetheless. So shout out to him. Nice for him to get that little bit of a payday. Now, Shepard Women's Lacrosse was in action yesterday. They took on the number three team in the nation in their second game of the year. Talk about uh, tough scheduling on that one. Westchester coming to town. It was a tough matchup for Coach Miller and the team. They end up losing 20-9, to which looks like a pretty bad scoreline. But they really had them in the crosshairs the whole first half and at times in the second half as well but you know sometimes these good teams I mean they're number three for a reason right and they're just a little bit too much to overcome uh, for the young Shepard Rams and here is Coach Miller's thoughts after the game here is Shepard women's lacrosse coach Jenny Miller coach number three team in the nation comes in uh, it was a tough game and tough in conditions with the win how do you think your team prepared for the game today especially coming after your first win over the weekend we had only a couple days to prepare but we know a lot about Westchester since they're in our league so luckily it was a lot of film and just kind of breaking down. We know what they do, so we know we had to rise to it, but we know they were a good team. Well, your defense had a tough task with Westchester, but they handled a lot of the attacks well today, particularly behind uh, Paige Stoner. How do you think, all in all, the defense fared? I think they they did what they know how to do, and that's why they're the third in the country, and we just had to find a way to adjust to that and we didn't always we definitely did it well for those first two quarters so pretty happy with how we played that. Uh, scoring should be too much of an issue with y'all uh, this year especially with uh, Kaya Edwards and Katie yes. Parides, uh two for Edwards three for Parides today are you happy with how the team's starting to come together with it still only being the second game of the season for sure I love how we can get a lot of players to contribute offensively my middies my attackers and in assists in, in draws and wow goals like we're all over the board so it's it's nice to have a contributing attack we got a quick turnaround with Wilmington coming in on Friday yep. what are you looking forward to against them a lot of goals a lot of goals getting a lot of con- contributing people in there and um, working on our defense a little bit more sharpen up was uh, certainly a windy day in Shepherdstown yesterday, and I'm not too sure how much that affected the game out there. Because I mean, lacrosse ball is a little bit heavier than a baseball, but uh, all in all, like I said there at one point, you couldn't hear because of the wind. They're not going to have too much problem scoring goals, especially with Katie Parides, um, Kaya Edwards, Kelsey King, and the like. Uh, Parides with three yesterday, Kaya Edwards, Kelsey King, and Paige Stoner with two. Uh, so they just it's just tough that you come up second game of the season and it's the number three team in the nation. Not much you, not much more. I think you can necessarily say about that one yeah and Edwards has got six through the first yeah. two games of the season it's a really good start for her uh and then like you mentioned Westchester for their first game of the season they come out just a little bit flat and Shepard did everything and jumped in front of them it was 4-3 forgive the terminology at the end of the first period four straight for Shepard too yeah. goals and then uh obviously Westchester rallies back and leads the rest of the way they got uh, they kind of struggled in the second half did Shepard when Westchester really turned it on that's a big ask from what we understand the PSAC and Lax is pretty 
pretty spectacular, pretty <laughs> top heavy. Especially mm-hmm. the more north you get. Exactly. In PA. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough place to play. Uh, and I think that that was a respectable result. You know, the teams aren't going to look at that from the outside looking in and say, oh, well, Shepherds will win this year. Well, no, I think they're going to be able to compete, especially if they can score like they did in the first half of this one. Yeah, they were up 4-1 at one point against Westchester in the early stages of the game, which, again, it's it's a tall task going out there and playing a top-five team in the nation in game two of your season. So the fact they hung with them for that long and to just keep rolling with them, it was impressive. It was an impressive showing, and this is a team that's looking for their first winning season since 2019. So it's it's a good asset. It's looking like a good start for this team if you're able to hang with Westchester that deep into the game, and this is their first game of the season. So they've been prepped up, ready to roll, and we're going to get really an idea of how good this lacrosse team could be for the Rams in this game stretch. you got a team in Wilmington. They just kicked off their season with a win. Lockhaven coming up on March 1st, and then you got Chestnut Hill back at home on March the 4th. It's going to be exciting to check out this lacrosse team, kind of see where they're growing, this young core that they got going on. A lot of juniors, a lot of sophomores on that team. It's interesting to see how they're going to grow from where they were last year to what they are this year. About, I think, believe five wins last year on their schedule last year. So already got win one. I could see a lot of improvement for this team if they keep on rolling. Yeah, one to keep an eye on be at East Strasburg on the 25th of March. East Strasburg, uh, I believe the reigning PSAC champs, and uh, I think number they came runners-up in the national tournament last year. Uh, but they get them back at home for Senior Day on April 15th, East Strasburg. So definitely circle that one, that home game, uh, on your calendar for a women's across game to go check out. Now talking D1 sports, West Virginia and Maryland uh, took on each other in just a one-game, one-off matchup down in College Park yesterday. And boy, was it a thriller. But number 13, Maryland, uh, goes down to West Virginia 8-6. A five-run opening first inning for the Mountaineers. Just a little too much for the Turpies to overcome. Yeah, it's a game that the Mountaineers really needed when they get this win against Maryland, against the ranked team. Like you said, they improved back to 2-2 two and two after that tough series against Georgia Southern. And when you look back to the last time this team was successful, uh, back in uh, the 2019 team when they host the region, they had Nick Snyder who threw on weekday games, and he was automatic. I think he lost one game that entire season. So this year they're looking to see who that new midweek guy is going to be after last year was a little bit more of a committee. Uh, and the guy they throw, Robbie, I think it's pronounced Porco. I wasn't able to watch the game because it was on Big Ten Plus. But mm-hmm. Robbie Porco, six foot eight, goes five. And if they can get somebody to give them five innings every single Wednesday, every single Tuesday, that's going to be massive. Now, the bullpen is an issue for WVU this year. It's going to continue to be, unfortunately. They've thrown Jake Carr a lot, uh, and Jake Carr isn't the greatest velocity guy. So they almost blow this lead against Maryland. But, you know, offensively through the lineup, Caleb McNeely has come into this program and played very well. Logan Suave as well. Tevin Tucker, who is about 130 pounds soaking wet, hits a home run in this game. Uh, and this Mountaineer team wants to compete. It's a bit frustrating because you expected your top returning player to be Austin Davis. He transfers to TCU and in the first week of the season hits 5.30 and wins Big 12 Player of the Week. So I know this Mountaineer team is reeling, trying to replace his production, and they did that with a big ranked win here. And these are the kind of games that mean you don't have to have a perfect result in conference play. The Mountaineers can now go 500 in the conference if they need to uh, and still have a chance of making the NCAA tournament, which Randy Mazie needs to get back to the NCAA tournament after getting left off the last season uh, or else the questions may be started to ask about his job. And then wrapping things up here before we get to our bottom of the hour break, we got basketball back on the airwaves tonight. Shepard basketball, Shepard and Shippensburg facing off the last home game of the year 
for both men's and women's Rams teams. And, well, big one for uh, the boys' team. They need a bounce back, a big bounce back win after that tough 74-58 loss on the road to D. Strasburg over the weekend. But it'll be a tough task with top PSAC team Shippensburg coming in. Then on the other side, uh, with the women, Ariel Jones, remembered her name for the first time this week. <laughs> she, uh, PSAC East uh, Athlete of the Week. I mean, she's... Unbelievable. One of the best players in the country. Uh, so she'll be making her way to the Butcher Center tonight. So a couple different storylines, a couple different things to keep an eye on. But quickly, fellas, what are we thinking out of this matchup between the Red Raiders and the Rams at the Butcher Center tonight? Well, out of the women's side, I'm, I'm interested to really see are they going to go to that same game plan they tried to up at Shippensburg earlier in the season? Are they just going to face guard Ariel, jo- Ariel Jones the entire way and try and do something like that? Or are they going to try and spread it out a little bit more? You saw players like Treasure George kind of score on them in that sense. Are they, how are they going to transition that defense the second time around and how they're going to limit Ariel Jones? Because if you remember, that game was the next game after Ariel Jones, I believe, set like the Peace Sack all-time scoring women's record. and one of the She set a bunch of national records in that game with like a 55-point performance. So I'm interested to see how they're going to do that on the women's side. On the men's side, this is one of those make-or-break games for the guys right now. I really do think so. They, you played Shippensburg to a two-point game last time, and really you got to shut down guys like Carlos Carter. They were able to held, held, hold Dom Selva on the boards pretty good on, on the road against Shippensburg. And i got to see if they can do that again with guys like Aiden Hewley. And really, without no John Preston in the lineup, the rebounding is going to be crucial for both Hewley and Poffenberger. Absolutely, and we'll have uh, both. We'll have the men's game right here on on the air on WPM and WCST tonight, and then we'll have the women's game preceding that on PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. Check it out! Big games, last home games of the year. Can't believe basketball season is uh, well for the most part come to an end, fellas. Can you believe it? And before we know it. Uh, be football season and right back into it. We'll step aside uh, for a few minutes. We'll be back. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us. Text us 304-263-4321 or you can tweet us at EP Sports Network. Uh, but we'll be back on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. Check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Parker, give us a little uh, wrap around some of the headlines nationally. Yeah, so the the big headline out of last night, the Atlanta Hawks ended up firing head coach Nate McMillan. So that's going to leave a coaching vacancy in Atlanta. They got their assistant right now as the interim head coach, but they are going to take a look at former Utah Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as a possibility for the Atlanta job. The Hawks kind of been underperforming this year. They're the eight seed, I think, right now in the East. They got to find a way to piece it together, and I think the questions have really been asked. I mean, you got to what do you have in that core right now? It's you got I mean, Trey Young. He's a good scorer. John Collins has been in trade rumors for what three years now? It seems. And outside of you got to build a team around Trey Young if you want to do that, and I don't think they're doing that the best way. Lonzo Ball got shut down for the rest of the season in Chicago. Jacques Vaughn got an extension with the Brooklyn Nets, and also in the NFL news, a couple t- tidbits for you: Der- David Carr, Derek's older brother, saying that Carr's free agency is going to be a quote long process, so we're not too sure where nobody it's wants be. him. <laughs> well, I mean, he had a, apparently what people are saying is the meeting with the Jets went extremely well, so I'm I'm not too sure. My f- initial pick was him going to the Saints. I might have switched to the Jets now. I think really the three teams in play is probably going to be Jets, Saints, 
Texans. Well, like you brought this, three. you brought this up yesterday when we were talking about it. Do you think Derek Carr could handle New York media pressure and just the, the all the extra stuff that comes with New York? Well, I mean, yeah, he could the, barely handle Vegas. <laughs> the thing I'll say, I think he's handled it well. But I, the, the, more so than the media, I think cold weather Carr is a real thing. Like yeah. he he struggles in yeah. cold weather games. He's still got a losing record. Uh, but the thing about it is, is the Jets had a better record than the, the Raiders last season. They had significantly worse quarterback play. So I think without question, he goes into that lineup right away and they're a 10 win team but yeah I mean the second that I think Jets fans are so starving that they'll give him half a season it's mm-hmm. not like John Carlos if John Carlos Stanton strikes out in his first at bat as a Yankee this year he will get booed <laughs> you know so yeah. I don't think that would happen but yeah you're right as the season goes on if he were to struggle I just don't think he's going to struggle and I'll say this again because I thought it was the Saints I think the only reason why it's going to be long I think honestly right now he wants to go to the Jets and the Jets are waiting to make sure they can't get Rodgers before they sign Carr. Makes sense. Um, but then the other team I'll throw into the mix, and I've said this before, I don't know why nobody's talking about the fact that the Giants are absolutely, uh, or the 49ers, sorry, the 49ers, that's the San Francisco Giants, the 49ers are absolutely going to trade Jimmy, Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo. I know they said they were going to do it last year and they didn't, but they will. Uh, Brock Purdy is delayed. He's got inflammation in his arm, so yeah. he can't have the surgery. And you've got a, a rookie Lance still on a rookie deal that can't prove that he can play. It would not shock me if they pursued the fact that they've got so many resources getting him to San Francisco. And if Derek Carr goes to the 49ers, I'd put money on them making the NFC title game tomorrow because that would be the best roster in football, uh, and he would be a big part of it. Yeah, it'd be a good deal to have them together. I just, for that 49ers' sake, I feel like they're really trying to get Trey Lance to work. They're try- But, I mean, they're trying to win a championship. I understand that. They are 100% trying to win a championship right now. But the fact that you spent so much draft capital on Trey Lance, you almost have to make it. it you got to figure out what you got in him. It's a case of, like, I but think, think think about what the Packers are doing. I mean, they're going to go to Jordan Love now, yeah. but they didn't force him to the front of the line. They're using him now because Rodgers is gone. I mean, more so the fact that you've got the best defense in the NFL, you've got absolute weapons on the offensive side of the ball, and you've got CMC there now, too. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an expiring deal. He's got years no, left. He's, yeah. yeah, he's got more years left. You've got to win right now. The mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is begin this season with Trey Lance and Marcus Mariota, and then all uh, you get halfway through the season and Lance isn't any good or he gets hurt again, mm-hmm. and then you've just wasted another year of all of it. Yeah, but, that's that's the thing there. But again, you could find a guy maybe. It's tough because I mean Brock Purdy played fantastic, but he, now it's looking like he's probably going to miss the whole yeah. 2023 season with this surgery getting delayed. Now you got Jimmy G, who's going to walk in free agency. He could go anywhere. Another guy on the table, maybe a guy like Ryan Tannehill. I think there's a good chance he could be let go in Tennessee. It's another chance for a guy to go right there. Or, well, you could absolutely swing for the fences if Baltimore can't get things done. Why not the 49ers go trade for Lamar Jackson? Because, I mean, if if they get Lamar Jackson, I think at that point the NFL could be absolutely cracked and they could honestly win every single game. Well, they're talking on ESPN. Should the Jets pursue Lamar instead of Carr or Rodgers? Yeah, absolutely. It just yeah, yeah, will they do yeah. it? I, I mean, will Lamar? I don't know. That's the thing about Raider fans. they should fans have tagged are, him yesterday, just got it over with. Just, Raider fans are talking about, well, we can get Lamar Jackson. I mean, everybody's going to want Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's so many different places that are much more appealing to him than go than Vegas. The Jets are on the top of that list behind staying in Baltimore because of the cap space, because of the market, because of things like that. Um, and then that puts... Baltimore is a really interesting destination spot for Derek Carr, or Baltimore could then move assets and trade for Aaron Rodgers, which I'd be man, he would be insufferable as a he'd be, he'd be insufferable yeah. anywhere. It's but. not like the Ravens don't have the money, man. Yeah, That's what they I don't pay him. Yeah, mm. it, it's weird. It, if, if we see a scenario where Lamar Jackson gets traded, you've heard the Jets get thrown out a lot. You've thir- could the Raiders be a team that would pursue Lamar Jackson? I think 
if you look at it today, the number one team who I think should pursue Lamar Jackson if he's up on the trade block is the Atlanta Falcons, and this is why. They have such a good young core right now. You got a guy, you, we've seen what Lamar Jackson's done with Mark Andrews. Please use Kyle Pitts. My, my, how are they not using Kyle Pitts the right way? It, he, Nobody can get him the ball. You know, either no one's getting him the ball. And you've seen what Lamar Jackson's done with Mark Andrews. He turned him into an all pro tight end. Get Kyle Pitts is the physically the most talented tight end of all time. Six six can run like a, routes like a wide receiver. Not a great blocker, but you can use him as a wide receiver. You got Drake London, who's six four, pushing six five on the outside, and you've got other weapons in there too. They got a top what? They got a top ten pick in the draft too. You could give him another weapon if you really wanted Tyler to. Algeo ran through a thousand yards as a rookie. Yeah. He was what, like a fourth, fifth they round got pick? got that Zacchaeus guy. They got depth at receiver. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they got Jake Matthews at tackle. They got, uh, I can't remember which and one. They've got uh, Chris the, Lindstrom at One of the best young corners in the NFL as well. Not Stingley. Who is it? AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell. Got AJ Terrell. You've they really got to rebuild that defense. I think it's the biggest key right now. But from all accounts, it seems like Atlanta is tired of the constant losing the past few seasons since post Matt Ryan, Julio Jones era. And this, the NFC South is the most winnable division in football right now. It is abysmally bad. You've got the Carolina Panthers contended for a playoff spot in week 18 of the season. Tells you how bad that division was. It's abysmal right now. If you get a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you're winning probably 8 to 10 games. You're getting into the playoffs 100%. It's such a bad division. And Atlanta has the assets to do it. So if Lamar can't get a deal done with Baltimore, that's my prediction. I think he stays with the Ravens. But if it doesn't, I fully expect him to be an Atlanta Falcon because they should 100% make that deal. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? I don't know why the Ravens aren't just throwing <laughs> like the whole organization at him at this you, point. You, you think they would, though. Although, I don't know. I still don't think the offense coordinator hire is the best fit for Lamar still because he's not that much of a, a, a throw guy as you know, Greg Roman was either. I mean, Greg Roman didn't want to throw anything past a tight end, and then he wanted to run it every other time, and then they still didn't even go out and get a good running back. Okay, so you want me to put the darkest scenario for Baltimore out there? No. <laughs> the worst-case scenario is Jameis Winston is your starting quarterback oh, next year. There's well, no Jameis Winston. The darkest no scenario because, okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Monken was the OC when Winston was in Tampa. So there's a connection there already. That is, that's like the worst-case scenario. It's going to turn your mic off. I think <laughs> I'm just talk I'm just, about. I mean, that roster's not built for James. No, yeah, nothing's mean, built for James. Well, the thing, I feel the like James was built for James was, was that Buccaneers team where he could throw 30 interceptions and five, 50 touchdowns or whatever it was that year. James. That James? would be disgusting. I'll, I'll tell you this: James? if you if you get James, they're gonna get if they trade Lamar, they're gonna get another first round pick. You get a top end player, and then you got pick in the 20s. You, like okay, let's just say they trade with Atlanta for an example, and they get pick eight. They could take because I think they need corner. You could take a guy like a Devin Witherspoon, a Christian Gonzalez, whoever you like at the top of the draft. Your number one corner, take him at eight. In the twenties, you got a like it's not like a stand. It's not like a Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle type of year. You got a lot of really good guys in the back end of that first round, early second round. Like so the, Jalen the, the, the one guy he can throw to Jameis Winston is a statue and an offense built around a mobile quarterback. And Jameis does not have a great history of throwing to tight ends. And your best pass catcher is going to be Mark Andrews. Yeah, your whole I, yeah. offense is built around your tight ends. Yeah. But you got a guy like, you could take like a Jalen Hyatt. You could take a Zay Flowers. And, and I, would feel, I would feel for Ravens fans if Jameis Winston wants their quarterback. Mm. That's, okay, so that's, that's nightmare scenario level. That's like the bottom of the barrel we're talking about right here is Jameis Winston at quarterback. Hopefully we don't get to that scenario. I, mean, I could, But realistically, I could see Jameis being the backup in Baltimore, though, if they want to do something with Huntley. Oh, 
if they train oh. hourly or something. Oh, I thought you meant make Huntley the starter. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Ain't yeah. nobody, ain't nobody, nobody got time for that. Nobody no. As much as I will have his back that he deserved to be in the Pro Bowl, he doesn't deserve to be a starting quarterback. Can uh, we finish this segment with a feel-good story, though? Sure, we, yeah. We've got uh, the Women's World Cup qualifiers just finished yesterday. And she cr- believes? Crazy story uh, from Haiti getting into the World Cup and Portugal getting into the Women's World Cup for the first time. Man, I'll tell you, I, the the group chat was going crazy yesterday. Some of the soccer fans I know, uh, and I won't pronounce her name right, I'm sorry, but it's uh, Melchi Dumorne is a 19-year-old Haitian striker, and people are calling her the best under 20 year old female soccer player potentially they've ever seen. Wow. Uh, she scores a couple of goals against, I think it was Chile yesterday, to get them into the World Cup as they get in for the first time in program history. And then I understand that Port- Portugal's game went down to the wire as well. Uh, Carol Costa scored in the 94th minute against Cameroon, the Lionesses, to get Portugal into the World Cup for the first time. But uh, uh, this this Melchi lady apparently, she How do you just. Spell that? Uh, hang on. M E L C H I E Melchi, right? Oh, here. I, I would think Melchi. Yeah. Uh, she just signed with uh, Lyon in France, which is which means she's finally you know getting the recognition yeah, of playing for major league. But I saw one of the goals. I mean, she looks Ooh. really special. Yeah. And uh, but congratulations to uh, gotta love to see yeah, we'll Haiti, the, who is the, the the 55th best team in the world, uh, qualifying for the World Cup. So the Women's World Cup. So congratulations to them and congratulations um, to Portugal. I, I think Europe, unfortunately, uh, has been a little bit behind the female sports trend. You know, English, the England national team from the women's side of things, you'd expect to be great, haven't been good until the last eight years when they're really starting to pay attention to those programs. So Europe's starting to build up to try to catch up to the United States and uh, the trickle-down effect from nations like Haiti uh, and Portugal, they're starting to feel it as well. So the Women's World Cup's going to be exciting. Uh, and remember the name that I can't pronounce, uh, and Dumorne. She's going to be potentially the best female player in the world here in the next couple of years. And you didn't even uh, say her middle name either. Oh, there's a middle name? Melchi Cor- Corventia, Corventina, Corventina Dumorne. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But uh, great stuff. Uh, you can find uh, one of her goals over on uh, Pain- or at EP Sports Network uh, on Twitter. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. But, but we'll step aside one final time. We'll come back. We'll get Parker's picks and wrap things up on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen to Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchentobath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Proving it's never fails. Never failed once. Well, a fire eventually has to get put out at some point. <laughs> we were one of three yesterday for Parker's Picks, the lock of the day, lock of the day however... Was, look at a day. Look at a day. You got the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clip that. That's going on Twitter. Jolly ho. There's the... Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> My God. Oh, you want to restart it? We can restart. <laughs> yeah. One more time. Take one two, more take time. Two, take two. 
All right, so Xavier Villanova, that was the focus of yesterday's lock of the day. I had the Musketeers beating Villanova, but they ended up losing by one. We're up by six at the half. Villanova ends up outscoring Xavier 34-27 to in the second half, get a big win over the Musketeers 64-63. to As well as I had Tennessee pulling off the upset against Texas A&M, which is not the case as the Aggies. They're looking like a really good team right now. I think they're second in the SEC right now behind Alabama in conference ranking. They're looking really good. The Aggies, pretty good team to watch coming to the tournament. They beat the Vols 68-63. to But the bonus pick that did hit yesterday was Toledo beating Akron. They absolutely smothered the Zips 84-63, to the final on that one. A couple other fun games, too. Missouri and Mississippi State ended up going to overtime 66-64. And Marquette and Creighton, shout-out to uh, – Friend of the show, Rick Kozlowski, his uh, Marquette. What's her mascot? Is it the Eagles? You asked me too fast. I think it is the Eagles. Is it the Eagles? I think so. Yeah. Rick, if you're listening. Rick, Rick if you're listening in Texas. Eagle. Golden Eagles. Golden yeah, Eagles. Yeah. I know there was something like that. So, Mark, the, the Golden Eagles. Fighting e- Rick Kozlowski's. Is what they <laughs> no, they're the <laughs> Fighting Kozlowski's. They, uh, they ended up coming back and beating Creighton last night, 73-71. to 71. Moving on to today, I call this the... Uh, if if you're familiar with the uh, 1980s in the uh, wrestler tag team, the Road Warriors, this is a uh, the uh, theme. Yes, of course, the theme of today's picks are going to be Road Warriors. So, lock of the day for today, I got St. John's beating Georgetown. We know how bad Georgetown's been recently, and St. John's is trying to make a push for the NCAA tournament. I think they get an easy win over Georgetown on the road this evening. I also got UNC, who is fringe on getting into the tournament. They are the number one team out. Right now, and they got to put some wins together. They like their stats. I think like zero and nine against quadrant quadrant one teams in the season. So I think UNC is going to get a big win against Notre Dame on the road. And then this is a uh, this is a plus pick right now. This is an upset pick for you. Syracuse over Clemson on the road. I think that's a good chance to have the experience of Bayheim and the Orange. They're around the same record as Clemson. They're just giving the Tigers a little bit of an advantage. Clemson was ranked earlier. They were in the 20s. Now they dropped out of the top 25. I think Syracuse has a good chance to beat Clemson on the road. I'm going with the Orange to beat the Clemson Tigers. So lock of the day again, St. John's over Georgetown, UNC over Notre Dame, Syracuse over Clemson. This is what you uh, reminded me of. I hope there's no no bad words in this. (laughs) Hang on when you said when I jive with my boss. Slapping the bass, mama. Slapping the bass, mama. That's what you sounded like when you are trying to start your picks. A little I Love You Man. You ever oh, seen that gosh. movie? Uh-huh. I Love You Man? No, you never I seen I Love You Man? Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. You guys are missing out on one of the funniest movies ever. Paul Rudd is so funny in that movie. There you go. Put that on your list. Paul Rudd the... might... Uh, I don't want to... What? You don't it. like Paul Rudd? I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Paul Rudd guy. Oh, Man. my gosh, dude. Not a Paul Rudd guy. But I bet you love Ted Lasso, don't you? I haven't seen it yet. I do want to watch it. Mm. Well, put that on your spring-summer movie list. I have list. to get Apple TV to watch uh, the MLS, so I'll be watching... There you uh, go. What you call it? Ted Lasso here in the next couple of days. Ted Lasso's pretty good. Uh, I'm more of a season one guy. To be fair, I've watched like one episode of season two, so I can't put any... <laughs> so there's only two seasons? <laughs> I think. I watched me get through that in a day. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, you, you'll binge watch. I think. Did you like uh, Scrubs? Never watched watch Scrubs. Scrubs, What's Scrubs, the Scrubs is that the one that has the Petey Jones from Remember the Titans, the running back? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I've seen scenes. It looks pretty funny. So it's same. It's once I found. I realized it's same the writers. writers. It I mean, it runs itself like a Scrubs show, but it's a good show nonetheless. Uh, shout out Ted Lasso. Although it was a little cringy that the men's national team kind of used yeah, Ted Lasso that, as their. I didn't need that. Calling card or whatever you want to say, but anyways, 
Anyway, just a few minutes left here, fellas. Uh, any final things you want the folks to know about? Oh uh, yeah, we got a uh, Berkeley Springs basketball continues tomorrow night over in WXDC. They're going at East Hardy final regular season game of the season. That'll be in the seven o'clock hour tomorrow as well as our family of stations. Next couple of days we ha- have our St. Jude Radiothon. We're helping to raise money for kids with childhood cancer to help St. Jude try and promote that. So all across our family of stations, if you can help become a partner and hope over the next couple of days, help the kids that need it the most. I don't think I have anything. Uh, Kilmarnock's red card appeal got overturned. Kyle Vassell is going to get suspended for two games. I'm not happy about that. Uh, and then th- we're going to have a lot of high school basketball on. Oof. These playoff games are going to get fun. So watch this space as we've watch gotten the this to say. Space. Watch this it's, space. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun the next couple of weeks. And don't forget, you can always get in touch with us. You can text us, call us anytime you like at 304-263-4321. Uh, download the free WPM mobile app. You can find it in the Google Play or Apple iTunes store. You can take us with you. Uh, for some reason, I've been trying to get us off the air early these last two days yeah, I, was about so to say you're like again. Again. I don't know what's going on against the gate here i, I just thought you wanted to play again. a long outro today hey we yeah, could so I was thinking. well okay. you could no let's see how long we should uh, oh we got plenty you know of time we should we, we should crowdsource that. that outro like we once a week that. get people to, what do you want the show to end with today and uh yeah. take requests that's true it's almost like there's three other music stations in this this building that they can listen to but you know we gotta get Bob in here. You know I'm all for '90s. Uh, oh, country here's something music, for so. you. The St. Louis BattleHawks had more viewers the XFL game in this market of St. Louis than the Daytona 500. Twice as wow. many viewers. No way. In St. Louis's market, I, they're the greatest fans in sports, man. Oh, that's nuts. impressive. Well, if you missed today's show, Dave, you can listen back to it a little bit later on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Panhandle Live is next for Parker and Luke. I'm Jordan. Don't forget we got Chipper Basketball on here tonight. Men's and women's basketball. Women on um, PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. Men will be uh, right around 7.30. Shippensburg coming to town. Head on out to the Butcher Center if you can. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.